Welcome to the FPO Roundtable. It's glad it's good to be back. Glad to be joined today by Casey and Gabe. Uh, no Garf at the moment, but that's okay. We know he's still in mourning because he is a Red Devils fan, and we have no idea what they're doing this season. But uh, to kick things off, we're just going to jump right into it. We're gonna we're gonna head to uh, Casey because Casey has in, uh, activated his wild card. So we're gonna kick off the conversation here with a little bit of wild card talk structure. And we'll, we'll see where it ends up here. So, Casey, good afternoon. How are you doing? Doing all right. Yeah. Uh, no real complaints. I've kind of been sitting on wild card and not making – and really kind of just chilling. Uh, no no stress yet. I'll probably, you know, the last – basically now until the deadline when I'll stress over it. But it was kind of nice just to kind of step back for a week or so. I set up my team with a bunch of players – that are going to price rise potentially, or we're going to price rise and just avoid some price drops and really just kind of let it sit. So, yeah. How you doing? Uh, how you doing there, Steven? How are you? I'm surviving. Uh, a little upset because I basically took two weeks off. I haven't done a whole lot of anything with, with football. I haven't watched any of the, the international matches, you know, picked up a little bit of news here and there, you know, saw the, the news with De Bruyne and, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But no, it's 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 been it's been a nice break. I'm glad we got one just after four weeks, and I'm already looking forward to the next one. I know that sounds weird as an FPL manager, but hey, it's kind of nice to step back from the game here for a couple of weeks. Let's also say hello to Gabe. What's going on down south? Hey everyone, it's hot. It's nice here. It's hot. It's like in the 90s, like low 90s, sunny. Summer in October. You gotta love it in California. <laughs> It's like uh, minimal clothing and Corona weather. What can I tell you? Um, and, you know, I, I always hate the international break, um, but I've, I've really enjoyed this one. I, I just realized uh, late last night, I haven't even, I haven't even scored the uh, FPL five aside from the previous week yet. I just checked out, but I have watched some, some football. I tried to watch some South American qualifiers, which are always good. The, the oh, fast. They're the best. Are you kidding me? Oh, <laughs> Copa America, South American football is premier. Like, it's the best. It's the best football played in the world. It's just and also the craziest and the dirtiest and the most physical. It's like it's every extreme. They got the most extreme of everything. Worst referees, all of them. They got everything. It's so true. Red card challenges that don't even get called. Like, fouls. It's just like studs through the shins, and they're like, Play on, get up. That was the yellow. It's like, all right, finally give me a yellow. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's ridiculous. But but it, it's also really highlighted the the disparity in world football. Like when Messi flies the you know all the Argentinians in Spain on his private jet, right, and to to Buenos Aires, while like someone like uh, Darwin Machis has has to go like. Air Europa or something, and like do like stops here and there, and it takes them forever. So it's I don't know. I think and and then like the whole COVID thing. So well, I mean, why are we have first of all, why are we having these matches? No, pointless. Well, the, and there's friendlies going on too. It's not even just the World Cup qualifying. I mean, obviously it's World Cup qualifying in South America, but the European teams were playing. First of all, they're playing in a tournament that means nothing. What is their nation's league? I mean, that's a, it's a made-up tournament, tournament that really means nothing. Yeah, and then they're playing money, friendly. Money. But they're playing friendlies, too. But they're not – really, how much money are they actually making? There's no fans in the stands. Very true. I mean, contracts, I guess, but 
know. It's yeah. So Casey, right, um, spotlight but, uh, is on you. What's that? I said the uh, spotlight's on Casey, right? To uh, kick us off here. Well, I don't know if we're going to consider your seven-year-old's wild card a thing or not, but I know you'll have some some good opinions here, Gabe. When we, when I, we I'll, I'll, yeah, but he might have taught me a thing or two actually today. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Let, let's see where uh, where Casey's head is right now. Yeah. So, um, I think I think I've come to grips with uh, as much as I hate it. Uh, trust trusting, not trusting, but uh, giving uh, Jose one one chance. <laughs> One last chance. It, it's basically, you know, you've been in an abusive relationship. Off again, on again. I've tried to leave them. I'm back. You know, one more you're time. Not in the FPL community that have Stockholm syndrome. So okay, so <laughs> I kept. So I'm kind of in a weird situation. So I kept Son for his mega haul in game week two. Mm-hmm. You know, kept him. He blanked in game week one and game week three for it. I, mean, I was plenty happy being patient. Then. He goes off at halftime, and I'm thinking, okay, fine. Um, you know, uh, uh, he goes off at halftime, and, and that was exactly your reaction. I think you're you're, you're, you're like just, modeling your reaction. Uh, oh, okay, <laughs> fine, whatever. You know what? You're resting. I, they had two games that week: <laughs> a cup match and Europa League, which is ridiculous. And I was thinking, okay, well, maybe he's resting him, and then and then Jose's like. Oh yeah, he's fine. I'm resting him. And then one hour later, it was like he has a major hamstring injury, actually. And I thought it was a little fishy, anyways. But I was like, well, Jose's either going to stick by his guns here, and he's going to fake it really hard, like he did. He literally kept him out of the cup match. Not surprising. Europa League, maybe a little more surprising. And, and didn't even make the bench or anything. So I was like, oh, maybe he is. Maybe he is uh, hurt. And then he comes up with the famous press conference of like, okay. Maybe he'll make it for Sunday. Actually, that major hamstring injury that was going to rule him out for like six weeks is more like six days. I, I got those mixed up. And, I was, and actually had not transferred him out yet. And I was like, oh, I don't, I, you know, whatever, fine. It, but I was like, if Jose's going to be like this, though, that's the thing. Is like, if Jose's going to be like this in game week four, I hate, I hate it. And I'm just like, I don't care if you confirm son just had a twin brother that's going to come and play for him or what. It doesn't matter. I'm transferring him out because I'm so tired of Jose already. And so I transferred him out for a hit. And I do it the, the night before. But I bring in James Rodriguez. So I'm actually only two points worse off because James outscored son by, I think, two points. And the four point hit or whatever. So I lose two points or whatever. I'm not, I'm not super, but I, I want Sun back in my team immediately because Spurs again look like and they looked good against Newcastle too. I will say they've they, three games on the bounce, they've looked really attacking. And, and if they didn't hit the post like four times versus Newcastle, it would have been just an absolute. If Brighton didn't hit the post, if this, that, and the other. Well, uh, yeah, but they, they didn't, you know, I, I don't know. Two bad games, I think. Yeah, uh, I think it's it, well. I, I'm not sure if I'd count the Newcastle. New, they looked bad in the second half, but when Sun was on the pitch, they were just it was just a manslaughter versus. That's true. Versus, and and Bale is coming into the fold. Yeah, and they have Regulon, who's like just he's a great left back, and uh, think of a huge update upgrade from Davies to to him, and amazing. Yeah. So I think they're gonna. I mean, I want him back. I want him back, and you know there were. 
actually made this decision to wildcard before the for before the season started. I, I told myself I needed to wildcard in the first five game weeks. Hmm. I was so flustered and frustrated at the end of game week four. I thought I thought that the international break was going to be chaos, and it it's not as chaos like I thought it would be, but it's still been chaos. Mm-hmm. And I still think there's some 11th hour mischief up Thursday, Friday of people coming back from internationals, getting tested, things like that. Mm-hmm. I think there could be some craziness. So I thought this would be a good time to wild card. So I did it. Um, my team was okay. It was in a fine, fine shape, but I, I was already in this mindset of like, oh, I need to start taking hits here and here. I need to settle myself down. So it was really just to settle myself down. Um, but now that I look at this team, I, I don't know what I want to do with it. So, but I have brought in Kane. I brought in Sun. I feel fine keeping them because they've got four decent fixtures. West Ham, they've been good. I don't know. They've been okay defensively, but then they played almost. So people are saying, oh, well, they look terrible game week one versus Newcastle. They played three, de- they played three decent games since then. Um, where they've been okay. But they also played a cup game in there versus Everton, where I got to see their first team minus, I think they rested They rested two or three first team players. It was mostly their strongest team. And Everton cruised 4-1. And it was their first choice defense. So their defense didn't look, and wasn't that impressive. So I, I, I don't know. I think it's a good fixture. Plus then after that, it's Burnley who have been awful. Um, and a couple, I think they have Fulham in there somewhere. I don't remember, but they have four decent fixtures and at the price point. I think it's fine. So, so um, West Ham have been more than decent in, in their other three games. They've been the best defense in the league. I know, but they also were terrible versus Newcastle and got stomped by, by First Everton. Game. So. First game. And then after that, they made the adjustment. And after the adjustment, they've been consistent. Three games, I think, is a pattern. Yeah, but between games two and three in there, Everton put four past them at a canter. So I don't so, know. Different competition. So the, the, it is a different competition. No, they rested, they rested, I think their two best attackers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, but, but their, their first choice defense and their first choice midfield was in there. So I thought, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I think the interesting thing with the West Ham will be if David Moyes returns, will they collapse again? <laughs> Well, yeah, Mark Noble, right? Mark Noble straight back in the team. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Harry Kane will score four goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It, it it'll be interesting. I I I'm not so worried about if, if your wild card your first week with your wild card is always bad. You know, yeah, I, I don't really one game is not. That's yeah. Not well, and it was either that or like I have a whole bunch of like I had a whole bunch of players in the Merseyside derby and players with bad fixtures and mm-hmm. I don't know I wasn't I wasn't so worried it, it was going to be a bad game week either way <laughs> whether I'm on wild card or not but so I'm okay with those and the reason being is I'm really happy with Kane's price point he's the most expensive forward in the game but he's still only 10-5 or I bought him at 10-5 he's 10-6 now or whatever mm-hmm. and so he offers a really easy path into any other forward so whether that's Kuhn in a couple of weeks where, you know, I don't want to go straight to Kuhn because maybe he'll play, maybe he won't. Maybe he'll look fit, maybe he won't. Mm-hmm. I'm, he's been out too long for me to just jump on him right away. Um, so, but also, um, Timo, you know, Chelsea's get their first choice, uh, you know, left winger and right winger back. So... You will not buy. Steven's like, 
No Chelsea until he sees it. He's got you know, I saw, I, I see I'm the Pulisic and Zayic. I'm not buying him, but I'm saying that Timo might be an option soon. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, I agree. Based on his, his, his performance in the Bundesliga, yeah, he's, he's going to be worth it. Yeah, but you know, I, I mean, they they haven't. I mean, in in Chelsea's defense, I mean, you know, they looked like crap against West Brom in that first half, conceding yeah. conceding three, but came back very strong. And West Brom, as they usually do, they they collapse. But um, you know, I I, I I'm gonna give them a look, just not now. Um, I do want Chilwell. I wanted Chilwell in the season. I don't, I don't think I'm gonna have any no. Chelsea on my wild card, other than I mean, Pulisic is an interesting punt, but. Is it really? I don't know. Southampton's a good game for them, but is it really worth it? He might not even start. I think we, they roll right through Southampton. Ideal for Pulisic. What? Southampton is ideal for Pulisic. I I know okay. exactly. Is it worth the punt? Maybe. That that's that's a question. Maybe I'll pose to you so, later. But so here's here's what we'll we'll bring in my kids' wild card. My daughter went with Pulisic. Captain America. Yeah, I I get it. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll be injecting those in, in there. So, so one thing I think we got, we, I don't think we got Timo Werner wrong game week one. I think we got Fat Frank Lampard wrong game week one. <laughs> yeah, so right. we, we overestimated how, or we under, no, we underestimated how bad of a manager he is, how clueless he is, tactically inept, he could replace Southgate then. Well, I was thinking about this. <laughs> you saw so, the criteria. <laughs> so I, I was really thinking about this. I was like, what managers in the league are worse managers than Frank Lampard? And I couldn't think of one immediately. The Fulham manager, maybe, but Scott Parker? Yeah, Scott Parker. Scott Parker's pretty pretty bad. Um he also is working with nothing. So right. I don't know. Maybe you give him Chelsea. He might do I, I disagree he's working with nothing. I think there are players. I, I see that well, team. Um, like, yeah, maybe. There maybe. Are players they've got some decent team. players. But anyways, I, I think <laughs> the biggest problem at Chelsea is they decided to hire uh, a legacy who is not qualified. And, and, and guess what? That's the way of the world. And usually those people ruin the business. And... Yeah, that's what that's what they're doing right now with a second-rate manager who shouldn't be, you know, in the first division. And so, the way he's been setting up is and and not get and obviously not giving any of the players any solid um, tactical instruction. Where he just tells Timo, "Go run around." There's a hole over there. Run. The goal, the goal that we're going towards is that way, and that's all it is. He's right. He's running around like a crazy person, and no one else's positioning makes any sense. He's playing Tammy Abraham, and it doesn't really make sense. And Callum Hudson Adoy is out there, but he doesn't really have a positional. Him and Timo are often in the same exact place, and you just have no like. There's no spacing, and it's like it doesn't make any sense what they're what they're trying to do and their midfields an absolute mess. Here's, here's one thing. So there's, there's a, there's a template starting to develop in the midfield. Right. Um, And one way to get around that template is like, if you look at, for example, Kai Havertz, he was, he's best player for Germany by far. Yeah. He's returned in, in his last two games. Yeah. He has a hat trick in the cup. Hat trick in the cup. 
he and Pulisic is will come back this week. Ziyech most likely is the following. Well,ZH、yeah, played. Yeah, he played over the international break. I think ZH makes at least makes the bench. Ziyech plays. Yeah, he'll make. He won't. He won't start. He won't start the first game back. Yeah, but he he makes the bench. And I think he is the real deal.
um, well, maybe not seven. But let's say you have a six million or five and a half million defender like Chilwell. It's easy to make a sideways move to some other five and a half million player if you want them, but it's really hard to take that one million that you downgrade and really make a really make a a an appreciable upgrade at any other position in your team. So like going it, so if you need to make money or you need money or something like that, going down from a 5.5 to a 4.5 million defender is often not going to be able to do it. So it's really hard to take that money out of the defense list in your defense because it's not really useful to any other place in your team or really hard to make that useful. But it's really easy to find a million and a half or two million if you're downgrading or playing around somewhere else in your team to make a huge upgrade in your defense that goes from, you know, a, go go all the way up to the most premium in your, you know, in the bracket from basically anyone else. It's really easy to find a million and a half to do that somewhere else in your team. But that doesn't work vice versa. It's, it's very rarely that you can make such a significant upgrade by taking a million and a half out of your defense and doing and, the same and, thing. And with clean sheets down here through four weeks, it's yeah. not really worth it to, you know, I, I mean, I know what I'm saying doesn't, correlate to how I'm playing with one of my teams because I've got $31 million wrapped up in my defense. But even on my main team, I'm, I, I have no intentions of moving Robertson and Van Dyke. I got to hold them all season long to get that value out of them. You so do. I, I don't, I don't want to come off them. They anchor my team. We know Liverpool's going to come good at some point. Uh, maybe Gabe needs to help coach that defense. I don't know. But at some point during the season, Liverpool and City and probably a couple other teams are going to run off their, you know, five, six, seven out of eight or nine in a row. And, you know, everybody will be jumping back on, you know, your your defenders yeah. who are big price. Or yeah. So, so here's my, here's my, here's my argument for z zero in the defense and by zero in the defense, I'm talking like four, four fives and maybe a dead. But you can get away with it right now. I mean, that's who's scoring the points. Well, potentially. Well, no one's scoring points. I think that's kind of the argument now, whether it refers to form or not, but here's my argument for it. And I want to bounce it off you to see if you can poke holes in it or whatever. What if you made, a gamble on an imbalanced team structure with lots and lots of money, say in the midfield um, or up top, wherever. Um, and you did that for just the idea of like, okay, since I don't have my wild card, I'm going to make the most expensive punts. And knowing that maybe if I have, let's say I have three premium midfielders, like three super premium midfielders, just, just, just as a, as a, uh, um, as an example, if I had three premium midfielders, I'm not expecting the whole in three premium midfielders for a long period of time, but I'm really hoping that it'll sort itself out of like, okay, two of them will be the ones that I want. And I'm going to let that sort itself out while I own all three. And then the third one can go to anyone else in the game. And that gives me three, four, five weeks to scout players like Pulisic, Havertz, Bale, anyone in Grealish, whoever you want, you know, in those mid price brackets. And it gives you time to wait on them because it's really easy to go from one of those premiums down, down there. And then you can use that money to say, okay, Liverpool's defense is finally looking solid. I'm going to use that money to get Robertson or get Van Dyke or get Trent. And it's really easy to do that then. You could do it right now. I mean, you could have, 
Uh, now, now, granted, I don't think we price Rodriguez in the premium price bracket, but he's playing like a premium, 7.6. Right. But, right. I mean, you could easily have Calvert-Lewin and Kane up front, Rodriguez, Son, De Bruyne, Sala in the middle, and if you want to play five, then you have a, a five, another 5.4 midfielder rounding out that midfield five with, you know, I got one premium in the back, and I still got point two. I mean, I yeah. got it's it's something I, it's something I considered. I, yeah. I, I think I've shown you guys a couple of drafts of where I'm having like four 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 point fives a dead mm-hmm. three nine, mm-hmm. and then like Salah, Mane, Son, um, James, mm-hmm. Kane, um, and players like and you just basically are like okay I know maybe Salah Mane is not the you're not the that's not the long term thing you're not gonna maybe have both of them, but maybe in three or four weeks I'm gonna have a good idea of oh. Um, you know, whoever else uh, is really, really good in the mid-price bracket. Or, you know, maybe uh, Harvey Barnes or who knows, someone you're like, okay, I know for sure now that this is a mid-price player I want. You're, you're giving yourself that future flexibility. You're building it into your midfield because you can go from the most expensive down. It's always easier to do that. It's way harder to go up to them if you ever need them. And then when you when you make that decision, then all of a sudden you can say, okay, I trust Liverpool now. I can reinvest two million or three million of that money to get, or two million of that money to get Trent or something like that from from a Sace or something along those lines. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a great strategy as well. I mean, it, it, everybody seems to be all all up and in on atta- attack, attack, yeah, attack. I mean, nobody ever. Are, yeah. Nobody yeah. ever looks at the defense first. I mean, so yeah. yeah I, I mean, I think that's a. a, a Everyone's going to look at a team like that and say, it's so unbalanced. And it's like, I know it's unbalanced, but I also have transfers in the next three, four, five weeks. But by putting all the money in the most expensive players in the game, you, without a, without a, without a wild card, you're, all of a sudden you're actually giving yourself the opportunity to get anyone else in two other good players with, you know, very I easily. I, th- I think my um, apprehension with, with that strategy would be, that do you really need to go that high when you have players that are significantly um, cheaper that are producing kind of similarly, right? So that, that you could still swap from any one player to any other player, right? So, so, so what kind of examples do you have? So I'm thinking like in the midfield, for example, like the, the ones we just spoke about, Chelsea. Chelsea examples in midfield, it'll allow you to swap to a Grealish, to a to a James, to a to any of those ones that you want. Yeah. So there's no one between like um, let's say Havertz and Son or Havertz and you know yeah I guess Havertz and Son and like from eight to nine or eight point three to nine or whatever it is. There's yeah. no one there that you would get anyway. So I think in that case go with not not the price point. I mean I think it's a good idea, but in that case just go with who you think is will score more points. I mean, that's obviously the, uh, always the case, but, but I mean, like, don't have, you don't have to go to the premium is right. You know? Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's, but that's I, think, I think on a wild card, an interesting conversation is like, is like price points. And Casey, I think you brought this up in, in our, in our chat, in our group chat, there is the, the value of the like 5.0 to 5.5 defender. Yeah. Right. And you could get like, four of those sure and and they are smashing it right now um and and you have uh 
PVA coming back as well with a, with a good, really good run of fixtures ahead of them. So, so like, talk to me a little bit about what your thoughts are around kind of around going like middle, like, like a medium backside. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah. I think that would be the alternative is just sacrificing maybe one of the super premium midfielders to like a Chelsea midfielder and then getting two or three of the, that's a better long-term team, no doubt about it. I have no qualms with that. And if you're making a long-term strategy where you don't want to ever make defensive transfers, I think you have to go with, you have to go with, um, you have to go with those five, 5.5 millions. I think that's the, I think the, um, you always have a really good attacking option. Always. Oh yeah, I, I, it's it's really interesting. I, I, I think yeah, Semedo or Semedo, um, Reguilón, Chilwell, Patrick yeah. Leonholt, Saiz. PV, yeah, PVA for sure. Um, Saiz and yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Chilwell. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of interesting options in there. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're going to make a team where you don't want to make defensive transfers, you have to go with that. Um, you can you can certainly have a Liverpool defender, um, but for me, I, I've never had a problem making defensive transfers, especially when it's upgrading a defender. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think I brought in Roberts in and out Robertson like five times last year, which obviously was a problem. I, I need to stop doing that. <laughs> but that's what Steven's trying to avoid this year. That's why he's not moving those, those guys. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. But then, then would you go like if if you had that kind of structure? Do you think you would go? Like, like the next question would be the kind of like to move forward. Are you going to be heavy in that midfield, or are you going to? I mean, there are some nice heavy options up top now as well, right? Yeah. And, like I'm thinking of obviously Kane, um, Aguero coming into the fold. But well, I would, I'd probably I still throw, have. I want to throw Cavani into the conversation. Yeah, he's not, he's not, I wouldn't be one, well, first of all, he's not available for this weekend, right. so not right. on a wild card, but certainly in the future, I mean, that's one of those things where if you have Kane, you can just keep an eye on Cavani, and in two or three weeks, you can be like, oh, yeah, I want Cavani. Right. I get it. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think, yeah, I think going too light up top is a problem, for sure. You want to have at least a mid-priced one, and, or at least two mid-priced ones that you can mess around with. And then, and I think another interesting question on wildcard is, I mean, there is, there are so many great forward options, right, right now, but now with the emergence of Brewster, like, do you, like, are, do you yeah. feel compelled to kind of capitalize on that value? Well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it is one of those things, it's one of those, like, and that's, I think that's one of the hardest things on wildcard is, do you have a, do you keep a six million forward spot in your team? Because there are options that you can spend your transfers on and get the right one. And so, for example, or you could just get Antonio now and say, I don't care if he has Spurs and Liverpool and City in his next three. I just go with them because he's the best, you know, six million forward and there's not another, there's not a second close option. So it is kind of an interesting I mean, it, it does it does make sense to go in on Brewster. He may start this week, he may not, but he's probably going to be one of the only four or fives getting regular time at Sheffield United. Right. Well, it really is a, tr- a, a the, the question of value versus opportunity cost. Uh-huh. And 
it's a it's a tough one. And I mean, it's and it's also about can you make up that opportunity cost, right? Can you make up for it with investment elsewhere? And that's right. a, always a risk to that. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I, I don't have the right, I don't have an answer for you, but it's, yeah, it's really tough. And, and it'll, it'll, it'll speak to team structure, right? So, you know, a lot of people are in a three, four, three, for example, um, you know, putting Brewster in there. I mean, obviously you want to have a flexible team structure, like that's just a given, but putting Brewster in there would put you probably in a three, five, two, or, or, or maybe a four, four, two, if you go with those mid priced um, defenders, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, so that, do you think are, are players kind of um, guiding your, your thinking on the wild card or is structure or is price point ownership? What, what do you think is a. Uh... Yeah, not, not ownership. I don't care about ownership, especially this early. I don't think top 10 K ownership means anything. Cause I think a lot of people got to top 10 K by luckily captaining sun in the right week or Kane. I don't think it means anything. Cause none of us are in it. That's why. True, 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 true. But it's so wide open I mean, it, until we actually get a settled, you know, yeah. player pool. That's not a bunch of casuals. But we're, but, but we're already seeing a template forming in the midfield. Yep. I mean, I, so, so in, in that, point I, I think it's important to get in on those players now i still follow the top 1000 why i don't know maybe i'm a dumbass but i i have five of the most owned players in the top 1000 um robertson denier sala rodriguez and you know, calvert lewin on one of my two teams uh, you know I, I can't afford kane i was kidding considering zaha we were talking about that today i want a different direction um, Alexander Arnold, I'm not going to get him because I have Van Dyke and I'm going to avoid the Leicester defense because I just don't think they're worth it right now, even though they are producing offensively. But, you know, I, I still think there is some, some value in watching the ownership numbers, but it, it doesn't guide, like Casey said, it doesn't guide yeah. my transfers at, oh, you know, it's between player A and player B. Well, player B is owned by 55.2% of the top 1,000. I need that player. I still got to take into how they're playing what their fixtures look like and, you know, using some of those key metrics that we can, we can argue about, but, you know, I, I still watch the ownership numbers to a degree. Yeah. I mean, to answer your question, Gabe, I don't know what's really driving my wild card right now. And that's kind of a problem, <laughs> but I mean, like my, my strategy was overshooting price points <laughs> it, it, everywhere except for defense and then reinvesting that money in defense once it's settled down. Um, I don't know if that's the right strategy. It's just the one that I really am drawn towards. So overshooting, over, uh, you know, making way too top heavy of a team, knowing that these players are the easiest to downgrade because, and you can, and you have basically the whole game open to you to kind of monitor. And then once you, determine who you want to bring in at a lower price point all of a sudden you have two three million and you can get any defender of the game so isn't that kind of like punting your wild card <laughs> like i'm going to wild card so i can get players to hold places for players when i want to bring them in <laughs> yeah it is it is punting my wild card in a way but i think it's also gambling on the fact that 
you don't know which premiums are going to be the best, but you get all of them. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you already have the best premium. You don't have to worry about finding a way to get them in. And it's really easy to just to, it's re it's really easy to to say, okay, I'm just going to get Salah and Mane, and then eventually Mane is going to become somebody when I know who I trust, or eventually Kane's going to be somebody when I know who to trust. Um, and and, I, and I, it's kind of one of those things where like you play the wild card to make yourself more flexible in the future. I think I, that was my problem with my previous team was there was all these set set price points but I think I had all the players wrong in those price points. So I almost want to give myself more time to find the right players in those price points. Hey, are there any players you're considering holding all season long, Casey, since you just wildcarded? Are there players that you still have on your team from game week one that you'll end up game week 38 having? Sala and DCL probably. Those kidding. are the only two that I'm probably going to have from my initial – Team. I guess Son I've dropped twice, but he's back in my team. Um, you know, I've he's only played four weeks, and Son's already been in and out twice. Uh, well, he's only been out once. I Sorry, guess. once. I, I, I take that back. He's only been out once. But yeah, it's he's been out for one game week, and that was when he, we were very much lied to. I don't know. It's really weird. DCL is such a weird one. I I, I was you know 100% right on that at the beginning of the season that he'd be the, you know the best you know, value forward pick. Um, I didn't think he'd do this well, but, um, but I always thought that Richarlison was going to outscore him. And I still think Richarlison is going to outscore him. And now their prices are almost identical. So it makes me weird. You know, it makes me itchy on the wild card to either find a way to double up with DCL and Calvert or DCL and Richarlison, or, you know, I don't want to, I won't just straight swap, them, but I love, I love my double up. Honestly. Yeah. Well, I just don't want to triple up because I think Hamas is also a good pick. I I love my triple up. I mean. Oh, you trip. Oh, you're you're tripled up. Okay. Since game week, yeah, two or three, trip. Um, yeah, no, two because I brought. Uh, no, I brought DCL in after game week two. Yeah, I wish I was tripled up the way they're playing, but right before <laughs> wild carding into the Merseyside derby, and then being like, yeah, I'm definitely going to triple up Everton. Just seems a little, a little, a little extreme, but. Dude, do you have any city players? Oh, no, no. No city for your wild card. No, not even considering them. Wow. KDB, KDB's an injury doubt. Otherwise, I would consider him. Sterling's an injury doubt. I will wait on him. I, I, I want him to see him playing on the left. I, I, that's why I have Mane in my team because I trust him and I know that I can move him to a city player whenever I feel like it. Whenever you I see him. want to throw like Foden in there for insurance, like something? I don't know. No. Not, yeah. No, not interested in Foden. Not interested in Mares. No. Yeah, I shouldn't no. have been interested in Foden. For some reason, I took him over Greenwich no, for two weeks. No, I, I think... I'm I'm sticking with them. I I I don't know. I, I don't see I don't see a problem with Foden at all. Actually, I don't either. At his price point, I just would rather have Grealish. Agree. I think well, obvious Grealish means more to Villa than Foden does to to For City. Sure. I mean, Grealish basically runs that offense. Yeah, Foden, I, I, I mean, how I see it is like if yeah, sure, Foden. Foden works, and Foden might be someone that you bring. You know, money to Foden for five million in. Uh, you know, for five million freed up might be the move I make in two or three weeks, but it's it's just not what I want to do right now. Is, is, he's who we thought he was. 
No, like I don't I don't think anybody would Yeah, play. he's not he's not ready to be the the creative force in, in no. that team and he's gonna pick up goals just from being in the city team and he's good long term value. It's just right. that I want players that are in other players in his price point for now. Doesn't mean that I won't get them eventually. But no, I, I think so the midfield I really want is Salamane, Sun, James, Grealish. It's doable. It's very doable. And, you, and then the question is, is do you want Kane on top of that? And if you do, then you have to go with all four or five defenders, which is fine. And, and right now with goals being up, uh, what did I, I calculate? I think they're up 34 goals from last year. Last year at this time we had 110. And I think this year we have about 144. Yeah. For four weeks. So goals are, I mean, goals are coming every week. We're seeing five, six. Clean sheets aren't up. They're up only slightly, right? No, I Clean think they were, were down, only down only I think they were down by uh, the, probably no more than five. Clean sheets are about the same. It's just that goals are way up. Yeah. So when teams concede one, they're conceding four, basically, yeah. is what right. it is. Which is that an argument against those cheap defenders because they play for teams that are more likely to suffer that? Not right um, now. Not if you're going with the trend. Man United, Man City. Is there a trend? I think there is. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, again, I, I'm using I'm using that VAPM that I, I keep referring back to on my website, and it's all the cheap defenders up top who are scoring the points. You know, not that I 100% trust. Austin Villa yet? I just bought in on Martinez. He's my only Villa Villa defender. I'm I'm not going to double up with Conza or Mings. That's just silly to do. Maybe if they hit a good patch and and Villa's still playing like Villa has played in the first four weeks, I would consider a four six or a you know I, I think Mings is five or five one. But um, you know Chris was another case four point nine. We know yeah. he's attacking. Which West Ham defense? Is real? Is it the one that has put up two clean sheets, scored seven goals in the last two, or are they the 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 chumps we thought they were in the first week, conceding two and losing two nil to Newcastle? I mean, I I don't think we have enough information on them. Just like I don't think we have enough information on Villa. So I'm not ready to jump in for their cheap defenders, but I mean they're scoring. I, I mean they're scoring. Yeah, what do you think about uh, Leeds defense? I wouldn't touch them. I know a lot of people do, and they have Eiling or Dallas, but, I mean, they've conceded eight goals through four. Uh, I, I just want to stay away from the newly promoted teams and their defenses. I think, they'll, I think they'll figure it out. But I, I think – the They're one of the best defenses in the championship, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, do, I do think they'll figure it out. But I – and I think this for most of the four fives, <clears throat> I think um, – you know, Lamptey four seven now, and but he he would be an exception. Kyle Walker Peters, I think, would also be an exception. I think those teams there's so much variance right now that that's like I, I think it's impossible to kind of judge anything from those smaller teams. And if I want an attacking kind of like fullback like that, I I just I think the five to five five zone uh, price spot is just infinitely better like way more than 1.5 to 1 million better um so i i i would have maybe who, who, would, who would you how would you who would you rank as the best five to 5.5 5? if you're just going to get one who would it be regulon regulon yep. 
you don't you don't think there's any four chances I think in the first Sorry? Is there any chance of him getting rotated? No. Well, just because they play in two competitions, like do you are you worried that Ben Davies is gonna get some games just because they don't want Regulon running like a you know, a man possessed up and down, you know, because he does, just runs all over the place. You think, and, and you know, do you want him doing that two times a week when, let's say you have a, a you know, Europa League game that you need to win to get out of the group stage, you want him playing that, and what if they rest him around that in the league? You know, how do you, are you worried about that, or do you just think he's, he's obviously so much better than Ben Davies, but, I mean. I think, I think that's, um, so, so Reguilón won the Europa League, and came in like fourth in the in the La Liga, with without any rotation. Okay, um, so he can do it. He can just play twice a week, and who cares? Yeah, he's he's young enough. He's he's not even in his prime yet. Um, so, so am I tripling up on Spurs then? Is that what you're telling me to triple up on Spurs? No, I'm telling you to sell your attackers and only like Reguilón should be the number one Spurs, the only Spurs target. Really, you really think that Kane's not worth a punt for four weeks, even no, though he's no. been I I think I think Kane the best player in the league since restart. I think Kane, Son, and and actually, and even Bale potentially are actually. I, I I think they are good picks, but I think they are also torturous picks, because yeah. when they when they go wrong, you are going to hate yourself and everybody around you. And if you want to live that way, I mean, more like go for it. But I I can't do it. But but I can't say that they're bad picks either. But I'm Regilon for me would be like cool little five five, nice and easy. Nice, solid defense. He'll always be attacking, so there's always that. You like uh, Regulon more than Semedo? He – so he, the, the difference between Regulon and Semedo is Regulon is – Semedo is more of a, a, of a player that relies on individual brilliance. However, Semedo can't finish to save his life. He's an awful <laughs> finisher. Um, and, and he's not as, as strong as Regulon, so when, when the game gets gritty – I trust Reguilón more, and most Mourinho games get gritty. Um, yeah. But but Reguilón is always flying down that way. He never so, stops. So who do you rank second then? Is it Semedo? Is it Chilwell? Is it Saiz? Is it Diaz? Tellus? Isn't it Tellus? Come on. <laughs> no. You got it for him. He's five five. Tellus is okay. Keep your eye on Alex Diaz. He is. Yeah. He, yeah, but he's playing it. He's playing with Harry Maguire. And and I mean that's don't get me wrong the guy can't defend. <laughs> he's like he's like basically. I, I'm not knocking. I'm not going to tell us as a player. I'm knocking Man United as a team. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> well, maybe not as a team. I think at, from their midfield forward, they're perfectly fine, but their defense is shambles. I think so. So here's like what I I love this back line: Reguilon, Semedo, Saiz, Lamptey, and Kyle Walker Peters. Yeah, I like Lamptey too, but he just he looks like he's really struggling with the week to week physicality of the Premier League, and he's got some injury issues. Yeah, that injury thing won't go away. That's, makes me that's nervous. Thing. Then, then yeah. I would actually, honestly, then I, I would rather than Lamptey bring in either Patrick Van Anholt or Nathan Ferguson. I think that's a good cheap. Ferguson's an interesting shout, and I think he's a yeah. Uh, I don't know how long he. I still don't know how long it is he'll be out. I wish we'd get some news on that. If he was like, 
individual training or if he's not, if he's, I mean, if he's not even individual training, then he's months away. So I, yeah, I don't know. Palace, Palace just signed uh, Nathaniel Klein, I think. Yeah, on a short-term deal. So obviously they don't think he's going to be back soon. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a no-go. And Mitchell, there's a sneaky one to get in there. I think he is too. I think he, well, and it'll be really interesting to see if Mitchell stays and then they just play Van Aanholt on the left. Because Mitchell's been okay. He's actually been pretty decent. Uh, and, and PVA has played left wing before. So that's a real interesting one to watch. Uh, does Mitchell keep his place? And, and does PVA play out of position? But yeah, those are, those are the defenders that I like. Yeah, I, I think I, I tend to agree. I think if I'm going to spend that money, I'm going to put it there. I just don't know if I even want to spend more than 4.5. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, I I am struggling. I really am struggling with my, with with just three or four type you know positions and how much I want to spend and how I want to redistribute that in my defense is kind of where where I'm at. Because I think I think I'll keep Grealish. I'll keep Salah. I'll keep Son. Keep Kane. Keep DCL. It's just a matter of do I want a cheap cheap forward and a uh, if I, do I want Brewster or do I want a four or five mid? That's the decision. And then, and then how, how heavy do I want to go in that last midfield spot? Do I want to go a Chelsea mid? Do I want to go, well, really is it, do I want to go kind of in the Chelsea mid zone or do I want to go all the way up to like a Mane or something like that? And then, and not have any money in my defense. Sheffield United have really pretty decent fixtures from an attacking perspective for the next six. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I think Brewster could provide not only value like a, for someone on wild card, but I think he could make you some coin as well. Because once I think I think he'll start firing um, using my my new FDR. Yeah. Okay. I, I think so. I think so too. Just from a value standpoint, because he's a million and a half cheaper than any other playing player. Just that opportunity value, basically, or value below replacement. I think it's value below replacement is how you would look at it. It, It's truly amazing. Um, Is is there any better COVID sub than Brewster? I think is the the question. Right. Yeah, I I, I think I tend to agree with that. of course, he hasn't played a minute yet in the Premier League, so that's the the, the worry is that how do Sheffield utilize him because they have like eight forwards in that team, and obviously they brought him in with the intention to play him, but whether that's actually the reality, we haven't seen yet. So, mm-hmm. but I think it's worth a pun on wild card. I think I'd rather have him than a fourth four point four midfielder, but the only worry I have is that in three or four weeks, I'm going to really want Antonio. Well, that, that's what I, even I think Antonio's fixtures are good now. Um, if you, like imagine Brewster, Antonio, and Calvert Lewin. I thought about it, but Kane feels like a, I don't have anyone else I'd want a captain. And I really do think that Kane is legit captaincy option in every single match for the next four game weeks. Steven has a hashtag for you. Hashtag always captain Salah. <laughs> four weeks and counting. I know. I wish I had. I, I would be way better off ranked because it's, it's hard really to argue. Happened. Honestly, it's every week. It's becoming harder to argue against that. One less decision every week you have to make. You just set and forget and 
And, and you know it's going to average. All it's all going to average. Right. That's my different mindset that I'm approaching the game this year is to set players. You know, the, the more you dive into the stats and more you break them down and you start looking at them, it's like, I, you know, I, that's why I, I don't want to come off my, my Liverpool defenders. Yeah, I know it's yeah. costing me $13.5 which could easily be put in the midfield to upgrade my, my fifth uh, midfielder and play a 3-5-2, but I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't that. blame you. Well, especially when you already have them in your team. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't transfer them out if I wasn't on wild card. That's for sure. Sure. No, I wouldn't either. I mean, yeah. And I, and I guarantee you I'll transfer one back in. It's just, will I transfer one back in in two game weeks or will it, or will mm-hmm. it be something where I'm like, you know, five or six game weeks and, and I, I can get away with that. that long. Okay. So, so now you're playing a three, five, two, you have two forwards up front that, that aren't cheap. I mean, they're in that, that seven, five to eight, five, nine million range. Um, and you want to play five midfielders with with VAR and all the PKs we're seeing. Does Jorginho look like a Milivojevic from a couple of years ago? Would you consider him as a fifth? I mean, Millie ended up with, what, 11 or 13 goals that season? I mean, granted, they were all from the spot, I think. What, what are you going to play it? Like, how, how can you predict that? You can't. But I mean, you 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 look at the V. You, you look at it. Seems that everybody that goes down on the box, they check it out on the replay and they point to the spot. I mean, he's had four penalties in four games. That's crazy. It is unsustainable. Um, I agree. My biggest worry on Jorginho is what happens with all these players back. Does Frank play both him and Conte, or does Frank just play Conte? Jorginho's already been dropped one match. He's been yeah. he's already been West dropped Brown, one yeah. match. And and we have Pulisic and Havertz coming. Um not Havertz, but um uh Zia coming in. Uh does that does that change the midfield system? Does you know who gets who gets dropped? So I mean I would assume that Mount gets dropped and I'd assume that um Callum Hudson and Adoy gets dropped, but that but, doesn't but what we think Frank's going to do and what Frank actually does is not necessarily always the same. Good so. problem to have. They got a lot of depth in the midfield. That's for sure. So that's what I worry about is does, 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 does Frank keep Mason Mountain the team and drop Norginio? And that's what I think he's going to do because I think he's dumb. Hmm. So, <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, so those are the sort of things that worry me about Jorginho is, Sure, he's a great pick if he was nailed in the team, but he's not even nailed in the team. It's crazy to have a first-choice penalty taker who's not nailed in the team. It's it's wild. That's I mean, true. For me, I, I don't I don't want a player that only has one route to point to point. Well, he has I mean, his expected his expected assist numbers are actually pretty decent, even compared to t- other players. You know, that play higher. How many and and how many assists does he have? One, I think. Hmm, I, I I haven't seen his uh. His XA, but he has one assist. But yeah, I don't know what his XA looks like. But I, I just I, when, I, when I watch the games, I, I, don't, year, I don't know how many he had. But he had four or five assists last year. So I mean, he has like he has some assists. Three last year, four goals, three assists. Four goals, three assists last year. So three assists last year. When, when he has some creative output, and he can get clean sheet points. I mean, why not? I I, I prefer I prefer Suchek at four points. I, I kind of prefer Suchet. Suchet. Yeah. True, true. 4-9, yeah. 4-9. He has more more avenues to go. They actually rely on him. He's probably like a a, um, a header talisman. 
Yeah. I keep hearing that. I just, I honestly don't like any of the sub six million midfielders, to be honest. Except Ongisa. Ongisa. <laughs> I, I would, I honestly, if I was going to get someone like that, I'd get Dale Stevens, 4.4, nailed starter for Burnley. 4.4. He's going to get you two points. There you go. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I would do. I wouldn't mess with, I wouldn't mess with. I wouldn't mess with um, Jorginho. I, I, I mean, that said, he's in my team right now, but that's because I was thinking that people would buy him and he would double rise, but it's not going to happen. So. All right, Casey. So who do you captain this weekend since you're on the wild card? <laughs> um, probably Kane. Kane at home to West Ham. He's on penalties. Um, teams playing deep suit him um, more than Sun. Uh, I think the second best captainable fixture would have been KDB versus Arsenal, but KDB is probably not going to play. So, and I don't think he's going to be in my team. Um, Salah versus Everton is interesting. Actually, Salah versus Everton could gain some legit traction depending on the Dean injury news. He went off injured for France today. Um, initial reports are that it's a knock to the knee and it's not serious, but, and it was just brought off as a precaution, but if we're playing a backup left back versus Salah, I don't know. That could be interesting. Of course, they're going to be in for a surprise because our backup to to Luca Dean is a legit. He's a he's a maestro. He's a 19 year old kid, and he is amazing. If he was a right back, he'd be starting he, over Coleman, but he's a left back and he's behind Dean. So it's so he might get his he might get his um, league debut this weekend, and I, I worry about him defensively a little bit, but he's as attacking, if not more attacking than Luca Dean. He's basically, he's like, he's like a mobile Marcus Alonso. He's amazing. He loves to play in the box. <laughs> so he's an interesting kid, but I don't know how I trust him playing versus Salah. So I'll wait on Luca Dean news before I decide on Salah. Salah most Salah might actually be the best captain this week, if depending on the Everton team news. So, I don't know. Interest, it's an interesting one. Gabe, I don't like captaincies that much. Yeah. Gabe, your thoughts on captain for game week? Uh, I'm either captaining KDB or Salah. If if KDB is out, I'll ship him out, bring Salah in, and captain him. But uh, pretty simple. One one of those two. You're not taking a hit to get De Bruyne out? No, I have I haven't made any transfers. Uh, I, I think I'm good. Um yeah, it'll it'll be I I'm hoping to roll my transfer this this game week, but if uh, if De Bruyne is injured, my plan was to bring in Salah within a couple game weeks anyway. Um, so a little early is not too bad. And I'll captain him while I have him. All right. Yeah. Well, you guys know where I stand. I always captain Salah. He's, he's got the C again this week. Uh, if I need a backup, then I'll just give it to Richarlison. Why not? No, no yeah, he's been very unlucky against Everton over the years. He, I don't think he, I don't know if he's ever scored against Everton. Mm-hmm. I'd have to double check that, but He's been very unlucky not to score versus Everton. The, the, the Everton killer is, is Sadio Mane. And so if you're looking for a differential captaincy option and you have Mane in your team, I'd go with Sadio Mane because he's he always scores like a brace versus Everton. So Calling a 3-3. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I, I really do. I think it's going to be – I mean, I was thinking 3-2 for Everton, but that's just being a little optimistic. But, yeah, I could easily see – I usually see 2-2, 3-3. Yeah, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a goal fest. 
All right, Gabe, any final words before we get out of here? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, good luck on your wild card, Casey. Yeah. And uh, good luck this week. I, I hope everyone has – I hope it can be more of a feel-good week. <laughs> a couple of rough ones in there. A- answer me this. Would, would you feel good if you had three green arrows, but you're still at $1.7 million? Sort of that false sense of success. I, would, I really wouldn't worry about rank until like game week eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with Casey. I, I would feel good. You're heading in the right direction. What more can you ask? You can't. Yeah. Exactly. You're you're adjusting better than those around you, and that's how <laughs> I would. <laughs> you're, you're you're evolved. Your final thoughts, Casey? Um, I'm in a red arrow this week, so so. <laughs> <laughs> that's my final thoughts aren't you glad you wild carded oh man uh, yeah, it's whatever I think it's going to make me a better player after this game week I just think for this game week it's going to be bad and that's fair enough um, I, I've got nothing always captain Salah that's what I'm on I love my five man defensive team with Salah as a captain so it's like a win win right there but uh, it's going to be interesting and yeah you know, as you said those weeks where you wild cards sometimes don't pay dividends until six, eight, ten weeks down the road, but we'll have to wait and see on that. So okay, I hope I don't have to wait ten weeks for my wild card. That's not even my wild card team anymore. Depending on your plan, that's right. All right, that's going to do it for uh, this episode of the FBO Roundtable. I want to thank Gabe and Casey for hopping on tonight, and uh, three of us giving you just about an hour here worth of uh, wild card information. Hope everybody has a good game week. That's going to do it for this episode of the FPO Roundtable. Good night. Thanks, guys.